Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Got to turn that up. Yeah, I'm wondering where you were. Yeah, boy, howdy, here we are. It's, howdy, uh, boy. It's another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's a Saturday afternoon, the 23rd day of November, and uh, our guest today is Bill Markley, and Bill is the author of uh, yet another book here, a uh, comparison-type book. It's Outlaws of the Legendary West, and he's uh, writing about Billy the Kid and Jesse James. Bill, welcome to the program. Thanks, Harry, and hi, Bunker. How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, good to hear you again. I'm, I'm doing good. So we understand that the today uh, is supposed to be, or is thought to be, the birthday of uh, one William Bonney, Mr. The Kid, uh, according to the Bill and Ted Excellent exempt, exempt, um, Adventure movie. <laughs> yeah, I've come kid. across a little information here, Bill, which I'd like to share with you. Uh, I didn't know this until yesterday or the day before, that the birth date, the Billy the Kid's birth date, is disputed between... September 17th and November 23rd. And what makes it really interesting is that St. Peter's Church in Manhattan has the baptismal papers of uh, uh, Henry Antrim, and they are dated September 28, 1859, which would be just about right for a baptism after a birth on the 17th. Have you heard anything about that? That's the first time I ever came across it. Um, no, no, actually, uh, when I, when I did my research, I, I didn't come into that, but I, I think one of the, um, interesting things is that, um, Ash Up, Upson, who, um, worked with Pat Garrett to write, you know, their story on Billy the Kid, um, today's also his birthday. <laughs> so, oh, I need- isn't that kind of, uh, convenient? Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of today... I need to make a correction from last week's show. I stated that last Saturday was Native American Heritage Day. I was wrong. It's today. Well, and I want to. Start yeah, it kind of. I think it kind of depends on which which state you're in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. It, 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 well, in, in South Dakota, we have uh, Native American Day, and that's uh, the same day as. Columbus Day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's, <clears throat> that's a politically correct thing that that's been happening. So, Bill, this the latest book here, Outlaws of the Legendary West. You've done one on uh, the lawmen of the Legendary West, where you compared Bat Masterson and um, Wyatt Earp, and now we've got the Outlaw book, Billy the Kid and Jesse James. What prompted you to? come up with this particular idea to compare and contrast uh, these individuals? Well, I have, I have to admit it's not my idea. <laughs> <laughs> Just happened. It, uh, <laughs> it's, um, you know, i got to be honest, no, it was the, the publisher's idea, uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Turner, uh, with Two Dot. Um, I was, uh, uh, well, I was pitching some ideas to her and she said how would you like to write a series of books comparing old west characters and i said well let me think about that yes so um <laughs> so um she she gave me the um the opportunity to do this so uh the the uh publishers first picked wider up and bat masterson and then they said the, the next one they wanted to have in the series was uh Billy the Kid and Jesse James, and um, I'm currently working on the third in the series, which will be, which is going to be on Geronimo and Sitting Bull. Oh, cool! And Interesting. Then, yeah, and then after that, I'm going to compare. Um, got a contract to do Wild Bill and Buffalo Bill. Oh, the Bills. Uh, so, um, looks like I'm set for a while. Hey, I <laughs> yeah. got I got one to add to you, Dan. <laughs> Uh, Jim Bowie and Davy Crockett. Who's the bigger hero of the Alamo? Uh, I'm sorry, Davy Crockett and who? Uh, Jim Bowie. I can hear you. Jim Bowie and oh. Davy Crockett. Who is the bigger hero at the Alamo? Hmm. Yeah, I like both of them. 
<laughs> well, who was the biggest both, hero? I mean, I don't know that any of them were the hero. Yeah, well, they died heroically. I'll uh, give you that. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to let, who should we start with first? Should we uh, start with? Uh, let's start with Jesse James because who shot Jesse James? He, he's there. So Jesse James. There is a ton of information out about Jesse James. He was uh, uh, portrayed on the silver screen <laughs> numerous times, dating back to the Not very, very accurately, though. very first one from 1908, the James Boys of Missouri, obviously a silent. And our first talkie was uh, Jesse James in 1930. I don't have any information on on who was in that um but uh there's time there's god got to be a hundred of them uh jesse james movies we need bogs here for that yeah, right yeah. Uh, but uh what, what's what's the attraction to this particular guy bill uh, i'm sorry uh what was the question again what is the attraction to uh, uh, talking uh, so much about Jesse James or the fascination oh, with yeah yeah, yeah I I think uh, I, I think there's continued fascination with him because I mean he, he was such uh, a successful um, you, you know outlaw at the time I mean um, he if you think about it he was robbing. Um, you know, banks and trains and, and uh, he, not just him, but Frank and the other, you know, the youngers and everybody. I mean, they, they were, um, you, you know, hitting, uh, you know, really secure targets that the, the average guy can do. I mean, imagine, um, you know, ro- you know, at the time, a locomotive, a train, uh, you know, that was high tech. I mean, it'd be like, yeah. you know, today robbing a, you know, a, an airplane or something like that, you know, I mean, um, and I, I think part of, there was a lot of things that went into it. I think part of it was, um, you know, the mystique that, uh, he and his men were still, you know, carrying on the, um, I'll use the term, the lost cause of the, you know, for the Confederates during, during the civil war. But I think another thing too was, you know, at the time, um, a lot of, you know, the common people, regular people in the country uh, viewed the, um, the the railroads, they viewed the banks, they, they viewed the express companies as, um, you know, the big entities that were, that were ripping off the little guy. And so, um, you know, when Jesse James and those guys robbed a, a bank, and they usually targeted banks or, or interests that were, um, you, you know, big business Eastern interests. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the regular person kind of thought, well, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. You know, I mean, uh, they're, they're sticking it to them, you know? So I, I think there's a lot of things that go in into that. Why people, uh, like the Jesse James. I mean, he became, you know, really, if you think about it, he's Americans Robin hood, you know, I mean, there are always stories of him, um, uh, you, you know, helping, helping the poor, uh, you know, helping poor widows and, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, across the the South, there's stories of, of him uh, helping people. So um, I think there's a lot that goes into that that legend. Now, he did not serve in the Confederacy uh, or in the Confederate Army, I don't believe. I know Frank did, but uh, I don't think Jesse... Did, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know he that Jesse was old was enough. He with the Bushwhackers. Well, Je- Jesse no, was... They with- were, uh, yeah, they were bushwhackers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the term that that was used for um, you know gorillas, right, right, out there. So uh, no, he was never. Jesse was never part of uh, any organized uh, Confederate unit. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I think that plays such an important uh, part of that legend is that you know the training that he and Frank and the rest of the youngers and whatnot got. Uh, during the Bushwhacker era, you know, the Kansas-Missouri Wars, and the fact that when these, this was over, 
being associated with people like uh, uh, Quantrell and Bloody Bill Anderson and stuff like that, they were ready-made for the newspapers to pick up on and to further, you know, enhance their uh, reputations because the newspapers were looking for that kind of stuff to to sell papers, and that was the ma- the mass media of its day. Right. Um, yeah, they um, they had. Um, oh, I can't think of his name right now. They had one, one um, in particular, one uh, newspaper uh, editor, yes. uh, writer who uh, uh, just uh, you know built him up. Um, every time there was a uh, robbery, uh, he would you know oh print alibis for him and, and that sort of thing. So. Um, he, you know, I think to be a, a popular outlaw, you need to have a good publicist. Yeah, yeah. and you know, the thing too that the editor yeah, yeah. he championed them. Uh, that is, if they had done this uh, uh, terrible robbery, it was such a brilliant act of of uh, planning and courage and bravery and God, you know, you you you'd end up rooting for them. Well, and then, so that begs the question: What happened in Northfield? A bunch of Swedes yeah. shot him up. Yeah, that wasn't exactly well planned, was it? <laughs> no, I, I think I think but, they um, they no. weren't in home country. Go ahead, Bill. I'm I'm stepping on you. Uh, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear the last part. I, I just I was apologizing for stepping on your on your response. Oh no. Um. So so you you want to talk about um, uh, Northfield? That Harry does. I yeah, know. I'm just wanted to know if. They, <laughs> If what uh, is has been said is that uh, they were all, uh, you know, every every operation they did was well planned and and so forth and so forth. Uh, I mean, you know, hey, you can't have them all. I understand that, but here we got Northfield where it just did not turn out the way they thought it might. Right, and and I think one of the one of the, one of the problems there at Northfield was is that. I think we figured that they were just going to be able to come in and, and rob the, and nobody was really going to, you know, come after them. Where the, where the people in Northfield, I mean, they, they, they fought back. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they weren't and, expecting and, that, and right? Basically, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what? They were not expecting to be fought, uh, to get any kind of uh, uh, resistance. When they went in there. Well, you know, you put it in the context of everything they had done in the past was down on basically home turf for them. Right. For the type of for the type of people that if you're holding a place up, half the people in the town are going, Hey, it's Jesse James, great, take their money. The other half are going, I'm gonna hide. You mm-hmm. get up north, they don't give a hoot owl's <laughs> hoot for who they are. They're robbing their bank, they're stealing their money. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and that's and Plus, you know, this was the greatest manhunt of its time mm-hmm. afterwards. You know, there was a whole different, it was a different ball of wax up there. Well, let's see here. Yeah, um, yeah, I, th- I think I think you were saying it was a great, yeah, it was, uh, to that point, it was the greatest uh, manhunt when they, they came after him. And they, of course, they captured the, the youngers and, um, and Frank and Jesse were able to get away. Uh, it's interesting that, uh, you know, after the youngers went to prison, uh, they never, they never ratted on the, right. the, the James boys. I mean, and the Jameses, uh, always said that they were never there, but, um, <clears throat> you know, most everybody, you know, believes that they were there. Um, it, I mean, it's, you know, the, the evidence afterwards, uh, really points to the, to the James boys as being there. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, that's In fact, of, you know, there's still controversy as to you know who shot the uh, the acting cashier uh, yeah. bank there. If it was Frank or Jesse or maybe even one of the other guys. So. Well, two two of the more popular movies uh, about about Jesse James is Jesse James 1939 Tyrone Power, and then uh, the Return of Frank James in 1940 Henry Fonda, and Fonda was also in uh, uh, the 1939 version. Have you seen those movies, Bill? Um, a long time ago. No, I haven't. I haven't watched them recently. Uh, do you know how historically accurate they may be? 
Um, to be honest, I don't think there's anything out there that's, you know, really that historically accurate when it comes right <laughs> down to it. But, okay. I mean, movies are made for entertainment value. Yes, they are. Historical documentaries. Agree, but many but times... Fun to watch. Yeah, many times you'll find something that... Like Tombstone, for example, that that not exactly historically accurate, but pretty doggone close. Well, no, I keep trying to educate Harry to the fact that Hollywood has never no, but, made a true story. I understand that. It's a fun movie to watch. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Entertainment. Okay, that... No problem. I have a crazy. I like I like obscure stuff as you as you figured out by now. Uh, Susan Lavinia, the sister. You never hear much uh, of actually outside of the mom. You never really hear much talked or said about the rest of the family. Uh, why is that? You think, or is that just they weren't that interesting? The, the rest, the rest of Jesse's family. Of uh, the James family. Yeah, just well. I mean, I mean, at the time, Frank, you know, Frank and Je- it was always Frank and Jesse. I mean, and when you said the names together, it was Frank and Jesse. It was never Jesse and Frank. I mean, and Frank was the older mm-hmm. brother. Um, and, and of course, you know, Frank survived. I mean, he, uh, you know, turned himself into the governor and uh, and uh, was able to beat all the, you know, the the uh, uh, in every trial he was always able to beat the rap on that and eventually um you know set free to to do what he wanted um but i mean they were the two main they had a couple of sisters and uh of course um you know the one younger brother was um um you know we can get into the attack on the mm-hmm. James family farm when the when the pinkertons attacked mm-hmm. the farm they um they killed the james brothers uh younger uh, half-brother um, and uh, mangled uh, Zerelda, their mom's arm, so bad that uh, it had to be amputated. Uh, you know, uh, partially right. part of the arm had to be amputated off. Um, so yeah, the Pinkertons—they were uh, quite the, the they characters. Were, um, they were nasty. They, were, they weren't too law-abiding themselves. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They were um, under themselves. The, the saying uh, the the end. Justifies the means. Yeah, right. Yeah. That was kind of, I think, kind of their motto. Um, you know, whatever it takes to to get somebody, they're going to do it. But um, yeah, the, for people that don't know, they um, they they really suspected that the James boys had had uh, committed a couple of uh, bank train robberies, and uh, and they, and so Alan Pinker, Pinkerton was out to get them, and he sent uh, a task force down to. Uh, down to uh, the James family farm in um, in Clay County, Missouri. There, <clears throat> and they had scouts out, and uh, they they said, "Oh, the James boys are are at the house." So um, one night, they they go out there, they surround the house, and no one is really sure yet what what the devices were that they had, but they had a couple of illuminary balls, um, and they also had one that was was. Um, uh, made out of uh, iron, um, and and so they threw the illumination balls in, into the through the window to to light up the kitchen area where the uh, the black servants were. They, that's where they were sleeping, uh, not not where the um, James family was sleeping in the next room, um, and that lit everything up, and they started yelling and screaming, and they were trying to set fire to the outside of the house. The Pinkertons were. And um, so um, Zerelda and her, her husband, they come uh, running, in, and the, the whole family, I mean, the kids and everybody, run into the kitchen there. And as they're in there, uh, this uh, iron ball gets thrown in there that's lit, and it's on fire. And as they push it towards the, the uh, fireplace hearth, uh, the thing blows up and, again, kills um uh, the younger, the boy, I think he was 12 years old or something like that. I think it was Archie. And um, yeah. and then mangled Zerelda. Everybody was wounded in, in the room there. And, of course, the, the Pinkertons uh, you know, quickly got out of there. <laughs> but um, it, it definitely was, uh, I mean, Alan Pinkerton, uh, they found his letters uh, stating that he wanted the, you know, the house to, to burn to the ground. You know? To burn, so, uh, burn to the ground. Yeah, yeah they did. They did it. 
We're talking with Bill Markley, author, and about uh, his latest tome here. It's a comparison and contrast, and the book is called Billy the Kid and Jesse James, Outlaws of the Legendary West. Uh, this is Emil Francis, Voices of the West. Hang on the line, Bill. We'll be back with you in much more stuff about Jesse James and Billy the Kid right after these messages. Stay tuned. Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911 Read classic western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net We are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West and a little bit of Michael Martin Murphy there, the ballad of Jesse James. We're talking with Bill Markley, author, about Jesse James. And in the next segment uh, coming up, we'll talk about Billy the Kid. You know, that that was the primary folk song of Jesse James, that thing. Oh, by the way, Harry. Yes. That's my secret guest that I told you I was bringing today. Oh, yes, today. you did, yes. And uh, it's, a, it's a wild turkey from New Mexico, from the Sacramento Mountains, right there in Rio Dosa. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you didn't know this, but uh, I speak turkey. I'm a turkey whisperer. And You know, Bill, I discover so many things about DeFrance every time we do one of these shows. And anyhow, my cousin Skip <laughs> sent, sent this turkey over because he has a message for everybody out there for this upcoming uh, Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Mr. Turkey, what is your message anyway? Now, I'll interpret that That, that for sounded you. like he had a New Mexico accent, too. Well, he's from the Sacramento <laughs> Mountains. But uh, what he was saying was, and I'll translate this exactly in his own words. Okay. Eat beef. Eat beef. <laughs> now, now that he's done his job, I'll send him back to my cousin in New Mexico because he, he expressed his real interest of having the turkey over to the house for Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, before Next time you invite him over, make sure he brings some hatch chilies with him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, Bill, that's, that's, that's for the serious part of the show. Let's get back to the fun. You, you know, just to add to that, my, my office where I do my writing is in the basement, and I have a, a, a window that's right at ground level and uh, uh, a few weeks ago I had three turkeys that came by and looked in my window to see what I was doing <laughs> checking up on you <laughs> that's cool you know I, I got I have maybe to... they were maybe they were critics <laughs> yeah. you know, as long as they don't call you a turkey you're okay you know I want to thank you I want to thank you for something you're reading the book here 
uh, one of the things that you know I notice is there's a lot of redirection on who did what. You know, like uh, the, the James boys would do something, and and uh, they got papers that say, well, they didn't do it, and somebody else would do something, and the papers would say they did, and but one in one of the raids that they did, uh, a couple of the guys that were on the outside holding horses. Uh, when 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 the S hit the fan, they started shooting up in the air, to, you know, to make people take cover. Uh, but they were sh- shouting out, "The Lowry Gang, the Lowry Gang," and I that piqued my interest. And I have become fascinated with the Lowry Gang, and I want to thank you for that. Sure, and you know, really, uh, again, I mean, these guys were they were successful criminals, so. They would try to redirect people to, to yeah. another gang or, or whatever, you know. I mean, and uh, you know, for instance, photographs of Jesse James. Uh, there's there's really not many of him after the Civil War era because uh, I mean, let's face it, if you're a if you're a criminal, you don't want anybody to you know figure out what your mug looks like. And they were <laughs> really they were mas- you know they were masters of disguise too. I mean, they you, you know change uh hair color uh length of hair wear beards wear mustaches clean shaven you know they do whatever they do to try to protect you know who they were and they and they you know changed their names too i mean they were successful at living at various places and no one knowing who they were at the time didn't frank lasted into the uh, early 20th century didn't he 20s in 1920s yeah uh, you know that, that Speaking of the various disguises, there was what you mentioned in here. Uh, this is during the uh, uh, Bushwhacker days that uh, Jesse took on the disguise of a young lady and uh, infiltrated this madam's house because the, Cal- the U.S. Cavalry would come there and uh, party and uh, misbehave. And he brought in the gang as also young ladies. And I. I find that fascinating, but kind of hard to believe that an old hardened madam would take in a bunch of bushwhackers in dresses thinking they were girls. Now, now what do you know about that? And and I did, too. I mean, I I was kind of of skeptical about that one, but, I mean, that's that's one that comes through the the James family themselves. Um, In fact, uh, in his son's book, um, he... He has it. His own son has that story. So I thought, well, okay, well, if the James family is saying it's we'll true, we'll put it in there. So. <laughs> and that's one of the, you know, that's one of the crazy things. There are so many stories out there. It's trying yeah. to, you know, trying to figure out what's true and what's not true. And I think, <clears throat> you know, you find when you read the book that um, they were uh, blamed for, uh, I point out that they were blamed for, um, at least in one case, two robberies that happened, you know, the one was like the day after the other one, and they were, you know, hundreds of miles apart, and there's no way they could have pulled off both robberies unless the gang split up and some did the one and some did the other. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that was another thing, too, that I noticed in there, because you mentioned here how they would, they would, there would be a robbery, and then about four days later, there'd be a robbery in another town, and then a couple of days, four days later, another. But it was like serial robbery, and I'm thinking, all these guys did was ride and rob, because unless, like you said, they split up and did different things, because it, one, they had no time to spend any money, and they were spending all their time riding. Because, you know, one, there's one case in there, like four days apart, 500 miles. That's a heck of a lot of riding and a lot of horses, because, you know, you're not going to do 500 miles on the same horse. Right. So, um, I mean, and I've talked about this with some people. When I talk about Jesse James and Frank and that sort of thing, if somebody's if somebody's robbed, if you're robbed and you don't really know who did it, wouldn't you just say want to say that you're robbed by the king of the outlaws? Sure, yeah. Frank and Jesse. Jesus. Yeah, it's a better story. <laughs> I mean, instead of some run of the mill criminal, you might, as, you might as well, 
be the top guy. So print the legend. You know, I think that's <laughs> probably happened at times. Mm-hmm. I like that one story in there here too that you you uh, relate where they're holding up this, doing this holdup. Uh, the towns across the river, and everybody's standing on the bank watching them, and. Uh, Jesse James trades coats with this one guy because the guy's coat's better, better, newer than his. And the guy's tickled to death. He's got Jesse James's coat. He doesn't care he's being robbed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're folk heroes. So it's like, you know, it's like, wow, I was robbed by Jesse James. I mean, <laughs> I mean, even today, wouldn't that be cool? I mean, if you got robbed, might as well be somebody like Jesse James, right? <laughs> well, uh, you know, the name is still if popular. Well, look at you know, look at your horse stolen when when she went Billy the kid to steal it instead of just yeah. some run of the mill. Hell yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> well, look, you know, look during the during the twenties, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, Pretty mm-hmm. Boy Floyd. You know, yeah, they were folk they, heroes. They were harder to catch because they they were the same thing. They were in their own territory, and, and the people loved them and hit them. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Bill Markley. His latest book is uh, Comparison and Contrast of Legendary Outlaws, Billy the Kid and uh, Jesse James. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Mr. The Kid. And I say that affectionately because I love that Bill and Ted's excellent adventure where they go rounding up all kinds of of, uh, historical figures for their school project, and and George Carlin takes them in a time machine telephone booth. And one of the the people that they they snag is uh, Billy the Kid, and and Canal Reeves is always calling him Mr. the Kid. Mr. the Kid. He he does. With that, we'll be right back and uh, going into the commercial break here with... uh, a theme from a television show about Billy uh, the Kid. So see if you can guess. Here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. He recently served two tours in Afghanistan where he received a bronze star for heroism and a purple heart for injuries sustained in combat. He recently left military service, and now he's unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Many of our men and women in uniform gave up good jobs and careers to join the military and take up the fight for freedom around the globe. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Please join with the American Legion, the nation's largest veteran service organization, in recognizing that veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. The training and experience they receive in the military is second to none. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honorveterans to find out how you can help. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. 
your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubbs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zouts podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zouts. Until then, and that's a wrap. The Colonel was like a father to me, and if my life would bring him back, I'd be only too glad to stick my neck in the noose. But it won't. And in the meantime, the three men who dry-ghosted him are seated in this courtroom, and they haven't been tried. Take him away. But if there's any real justice, there'll be another trial before I swing. It'll be a quick trial of gun smoke and wooden overcoat for those three killers. This is the Voices of the West. We are back on Emil Francis of Voices of the West and uh, Bunkered France yep. here, and our guest is Bill Markley, author, and uh, he's uh, written another book here. <laughs> You're turning them out just as quickly as Boggs these days. This one is called Billy the Kid and Jesse James, Outlaws of the Legendary West. Legendary, Legendary West. Yes, yes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right, we've talked not probably enough about Jesse James, but... Uh, Let's get on to just gives Mr. The to Kid. Do another show. Yeah, there you go. Well, there you let's go. talk about Mr. The Kid. Mr. The Kid. What? Uh, I bet the fascination is just endless about Billy the Kid. Eh, Bill? Yeah, it is. Uh, and you know, one of the crazy things you think about he he, he only lived twenty one years, and uh, and uh, I, I I reckon it to um, to if you think about Jesse James and his career, I mean. If you think about um, oh the night sky, you know Jesse James would have been like a you know a comet slowly streaking across the sky, and, and Billy the Kid was a bright flashing <laughs> you, you know a shooting star. You know, I mean he was yes, you know just a few years and bam he was gone. You know, so but uh, I, I I think there is a mystique about you know the kid, um, and uh, you know, there's people out there that love him, and other people that hate him, and um, yeah, you know, that's just the way it is. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I when I went to writing this book, I wasn't really, you know, a, a big fan of either Jesse or Billy. But um, you know, as you spend months and months you yeah. know, digging through their lives and stuff, you find a lot of a lot of stuff that you you like about these people. I mean, they. they made some bonehead moves but um you, you know they had a lot of people that really liked them that that were close to them of course mm. you didn't want to cross them that's for <laughs> sure but um <laughs> you well, know if you're on on their good side they were they were um you know good things to people that were their friends well and and billy the kid was uh, popular in hollywood as well tons of movies about uh, about him and uh, those started uh, in 1911 the movie Billy the Kid, and directed by Lawrence Trimble, and it starred uh, Teft Johnson, and uh, that was a silent there, 1911, and then Billy the Bandit in 1916, it starred Billy Mason, and then the first talkie uh, about Billy the Kid was in 1930, directed by King Vador, and that stars Johnny Mac Brown. The best of all the I Billies. have not been able to find that movie. That's I can find every one of Billy. them, everyone else of them, but they but shot that. that in Lincoln. Yeah, Bob Steele played uh, uh, Billy the Kid. Uh, Roy Rogers played Billy the Kid. Uh, Buster Crabby played Billy the Kid a 42 lot. Forty-two of them. A lot of them. Uh, yeah, God, forty-two of them. Sunset Carson. I think my, I think my favorite was uh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. I just yeah. kind of liked that one for some reason. Mm -hmm. Andy Devine. Four faces. <laughs> four faces West. Uh, Joel McRae. 
Uh, I don't know if he. I haven't seen that. He one. didn't play Billy the Kid, must but, have been Garrett. but Pat Garrett was yeah. the was in. Yeah. Audie Murphy was one. Well, let's see. Yeah. Well, you know, there's Paul an interesting there's an interesting parallel there, and it's a good way of bridging between the two guys. If you look at the dime novels, uh, the best selling or second best selling dime novel was the Jesse James. The most popular were the Billy the Kids, mm-hmm. the outsold Jesse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the popular movies uh, as we come into. Uh, I guess the 1970s, we'll, we'll call it. Uh, we've got uh, The First Notch. We've got Pat Barrett and Billy the Kid, Peck and Paw movie, Chris Christopherson in that one. Young Guns, Emilio Estevez. And terrible, did terrible. Young Guns 2. Then worse, Bill worse. and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure, like I mentioned. And a couple of television uh, programs. Uh, they do not talk about the tall man in here, and I don't understand why, because that was a pretty well, doggone good series. You know, they, a lot of that stuff gets passed over because it's not a, a movie, and you know, just. But you know, here's an interesting thing because we're talking about you know the, the, what made them noted, uh, just people reading about them, and uh, with uh, Henry Antrim. As a, as a young boy before his mom passed away when he was 14, he was a very serious reader. He had, in fact, he had one teacher that would just constantly feed him books. And, in fact, you, you mentioned here in your book, Bill, that uh, he was an avarous reader, that he'd read anything he could get his hands on, dime novels and the Police Gazette. And I used to read the Police Gazette. <laughs> it's a great magazine. <laughs> Yeah, he was a yeah he was a voracious reader. Um, I mean, loved to read. Um, yeah, there's you know he didn't drink at all. Yeah. Um. um so, um, but he he did, he loved to he loved to sing. He loved to dance. He loved the ladies. You know, they loved and, him. So he and he, and he learned how to um, speak Spanish fluently too, mm-hmm. which uh, and he had a lot of uh, you know Hispanic friends. During the time, one of and, the uh, a lot of them protect, protected him. Uh, just the past couple of days, there's been a, a story floating around about um, uh, a picture of Billy the Kid uh, that went to auction, and it's uh, a picture of the kid uh, said to be the kid playing poker, and uh, the other people are identified. Um, there's maybe some controversy over that picture. Uh, or photo, the true. image. Bunker does not think that it is the kid. And why is that, Bunker? Well, one, if you look at the picture, one, it's, he's wearing a hat. This is and it's, stu- it's a stupid reason, but he's wearing a hat. It's basically like a top hat, mm-hmm. and it just it isn't his character. The other thing is the guy is really just super fresh faced. Now, it's like I told you at breakfast yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, you take you take that the uh, tin type of Billy the Kid, take the cowboy clothes off of him, put him in put him in uh, a parka, ski pants, put a surfboard in his hand. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, what do you call him? A skateboard. Skate, not a skateboard. The uh, snowbird. Oh, put a snowboard, snowboard. in his hand. Okay. He would look like a million other young guys all over the United States and Europe skiing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't. He didn't. You know, they they talk about how he looked goofy and he wasn't smart, and that's a bunch of baloney. He looked like a twenty year old would look today. Bill, I sent you a link to that uh, one particular story. Did you have a chance to look at it? And what, if so, what are your comments? You guys, uh, for me, you're really break. I can I can't understand anything you're saying. I'm so oh, sorry. I'm sorry. The, uh, the 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 photo the link to the are you still talking about the picture. Yeah, the link that I sent to you. Did you have an opportunity to um, take a look at that? And what do you think about that picture? Are you talking about that picture? Yes. Earth? Yes. Hello? Yes, we're here. You're here, too. Hello? You're here. <laughs> I got well, you. I got you, Bill. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Picture playing cards. Um, I don't know. Um, I. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, perfect. Go. go. Okay. 
Can you hear me now? All right. Yes, sir. Um, the picture of the, these guys playing cards. Um, okay, number one, I think it's a very cool picture. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to say that it's Billy the Kid or, or the other the other guys. Um, I, I think there needs to be a lot more research done into this mm-hmm. picture. Uh, for instance, what you know, can they figure out where it was taken? It looks like it was probably taken maybe in somebody's studio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, that bottle of uh, liquor, so-called liquor on the table. Um, there's an empty, it uh, looks like an empty uh, glass sitting there. Um, th- those, those are all props that they would have used uh, in a studio. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking this is a studio photo, and it would have, so it would have had to have been taken uh, somewhere where there was a studio. So, you know, if they could look on the back of the card, a lot of times um, photographers would have on the back of the card uh, who they were, right. what their address was, that sort of thing. I mean, there's a lot of missing information with this picture. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a young-faced guys playing cards, and, which is neat, but... And they're old cards, too. If you notice on the cards, there's no numbers on the cards yet. You know, mm-hmm. That came about later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I think I think this was taken in a studio. There was no studios in, in Lincoln. Um, you know, I, or, or um, you know, any of the other, ta- you know, Fort, um, you know, Stanton or any of the other, Sumner or any of the other places. So um, I, I think there there's got to be a lot of research done with this thing before you can say it's the kid. How did Pat Garrett become friends with Billy the Kid? If he was friends. If he was friends. How, how did that happen? Well, you know, the kid was hanging out at Fort Sumner, and then Garrett was, you know, originally, uh, you know, buffalo hunter and uh, came to town and... Uh, and Pete Maxwell, I believe, uh, hired him to work in, uh, you know, one of the, I think there were two uh, saloons in town. And mm-hmm. I think he worked as a bartender for a while there. And then, you know, doing a little cattle work and everything. But he and the kid, um, you know, became friends, uh, you know, playing cards and, and that sort of thing. Uh, went to went to dances together. And so, um, yeah, they're friends. I don't know how close of friends they were, but, you know, they were you know, they palled around together a little bit. So, uh, yeah. I don't know that they were, like, best friends, but um, mm-hmm. they knew each other. Close acquaintances. And a small town maybe. like that, everybody's going to really know each other. Sure. Yeah, much. regardless of what one does. Well, uh, Bill, I've got another thing that I came across here that I thought was interesting that I wanted to share it with you and also get your, your response to it. Uh there was a story of some wanted posters that were issued by Sheriff Jim Dalton, Dalton uh, dated 23 September 1875, referring to uh, Billy as William Wright, better known as Billy the Kid. And uh, I... I've never, I've never really come across that association with the name William Wright and him before. Have you got any uh, knowledge on that? Um, it was really hard to understand you, Booker. Did you? Say, I'll do it slower. Well, Billy, Billy with who? William oh. Ride? Wright. Yeah, William Wright. Yeah, right. he was two. A couple of wanted posters that were put out by Sheriff Jim Dalton, and they were dated. 23 September 1875, referred to him as William Wright, better known as Billy the Kid. Okay, I and um, I don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. Let me say this, and I'm, I'm sure you know this, that he was not referred to as Billy the Kid. Right. Uh, he was just referred to as the Kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't until about the last year of his life that you know, the newspapers started calling calling him Billy the Kid. Right. So, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm just wondering if that might have been something that somebody printed up years later to sell to the tourists. Because stuff like that happens, especially in New Mexico. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would be say anything uh, before the, the last year of his life that 
So Billy the Kid, um, I, I would say, would be suspect. We are talking with author Bill Markley about his latest book. Uh, it's Billy the Kid and Jesse James, Legendary Outlaws of the Old West. This is Amel Francie's Voices of the West. We've got to do our last break here, and we'll be back with much more right after this. Do not go away. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, five stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Old Western Radio Theater every Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time only on the Voices of the West. B.O.W. Radio. I'll sing you a true song of Billy the Kid. I'll sing of some desperate deeds that he did. Way out in New Mexico long, long ago When a man's only chance was his old 44 when We are back on Amal Franzi's Voices of the West. Uh, I love that song. That's the gunfighter there. Marty Robinson doing Billy the Kid. I, you know, I, I got to tell you, I saw, speaking of Marty Robinson, I saw a movie last night uh, on uh, wherever it was. Um, it, Raiders of Old California, starring Jim Davis, and uh, also starring in that were Marty Robbins and Farron Young. Yeah. And uh, it, the upshot of it is the uh, uh, Marty Robbins plays a bad guy, and Farron Young is a de- uh, deputy marshal. And toward the end of the program or the end of the movie, the two get into a gunfight, and um, and I won't be a spoiler on it, but it was pretty cool. And I'm just glad that those guys had second careers <laughs> because they are much better yeah. singers and musicians than they are actors. Well, Bill, here, help me again here. I want to know more about the connection between uh, Jimmy Doolin and the house and the uh, Santa Fe ring. It was headed up by U.S. District Attorney Thomas Catron, and a lot of shady dealing went on be- with those rascals. Um, if I understood your connection, what was the your your question? What was the connection between the Santa Fe Ring and the house and right in Lincoln? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, for people that that don't know, the Santa Fe Ring was was a bunch of uh, oh, businessmen and government officials that um, worked together basically for their own interests um, and. Um, I mean, everybody was involved, uh, senators, the governor, big businessmen. And uh, the House was uh, run uh, by um, a couple of different guys uh, along the way, but um, they were basically the local county there, uh, Lincoln County. They were uh, in cahoots with, uh, some said, with the government and that sort of thing locally uh, to, uh, you know, better their own interests, whether it's, it was selling beef to the, the to the uh, the fort or the military or the Indian reservation or 
or what have you, or, or just selling goods to the locals. And, um, and so the Santa Fe ring, uh, was also loaning money to the house. And after a while, the house couldn't, um, couldn't pay up on their loans and the, and the, uh, Santa Fe ring people, um, uh, uh, foreclosed on, on the house. You know, what's interesting is, you know, the, the post-history, Jimmy Dolan went on to become very successful, very rich, had positions with the state, and uh, Thomas Catron, the, D- the U.S. District Attorney, ended up the richest man in New Mexico with the largest ranch and held several very, very, very prominent uh, government posts. Hmm. Right, yeah, he was, I think he was the first sent. Senator, one of the first senators, I think. Yes, if I'm not first U.S. US senator. senator. Yeah. yeah. So, so the kid is mostly known for the Lincoln County Wars, and some movies and some TV shows. And uh, but he 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 didn't necess- he didn't rob people, did he? Just stole horses and cows. No, no. He would just kind of. I mean, he would just go out and um, you know lift cattle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, horses, cattle. Uh, there's the possibility that he was in on a um, a uh, robbery of um, uh, government mail at one time, uh, where the soldiers were sent, right after they'd gotten paid, they were sending back their their money back home. Uh, he might have been involved in that one, but for the most part, um, he uh, you know rustled cattle and uh, and horses and. Um, you know, but, you know, again, it was, uh, you know, kind of trying to make ends meet a lot of times. They said that he would, uh, you know, whatever money he got, he'd spend to go out and buy, you know, bullets so he could practice shooting. Um, hmm. So that was his entertainment. Shooting bottles. They like to shoot bottles. Mm-hmm. Have contests shooting. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Blazer's Mill is really a great incident with Rob, Buckshot Roberts and everything. Yeah, tell us a little bit about what went on there. Uh, I'm sorry, what went on where? Uh, Blazers Mill. I still couldn't. Blazers Mill. Blazers Mill. Buckshot Roberts. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> sorry. It's just really hard, to, really hard to hear you guys. Yeah. Apologies um, for that. Yeah, so so uh, Buck's, Buckshot um, was um, the uh, the regulators, which Billy was part part of. Um, they thought uh, Buckshot was um, one of the members of the house, or had worked for the house, and they were tr- trying to track him down. They they found him there at Blazer's Mill, and uh, yeah, Buckshot uh, he kind of held him off for a while, and um, and basically. Pretty much wounded every one of them and, and killed uh, Dick Brewer in, in the process. So um, it was quite a quite a gunfight, and uh, it really turned some people off on Billy the Kid. And, and uh, yeah, Buckshot Roberts uh, was kind of a you know people thought of him as a hero holding off these guys. Yeah, the he did. But he died. Of course, he was gut shot and, and died a day or so later. Well, we're rapidly running out of time here, Bill. So, uh, what's on the burner now? You've got uh, another book coming out soon on uh, uh, on the bu- on the Bills, Buffalo Bill, and and uh, Wild Bill Hickok. Yeah, the, the next. Yeah, the next one will be uh, Geronimo and Sing Bull. That that'll oh, probably great. be out next year this time. Great. And then uh, the um, Two Dot the publisher wants Kellen and I to do another Old West Showdown. That's going to be called Standoff at High Noon. So we'll have ten new controversial subjects, uh, you know, to to uh, go over. You know, like, you know, did Tom Horn really shoot that kid? Um, you know, how did Davy Crockett die at the Alamo? You know, so uh, a lot of fun topics. Nice controversy. Yeah. Who would have thunk controversy in the Old West? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you and have you and Colin got anything in the works? Yeah, he, he just said. Oh, did he? Okay, yeah. I was having trouble hearing. That, that's all right. <laughs> hey, we are out of time. And uh, Bill, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Yeah. Appreciate. Well, thank you, you for having me on. It was fun. Um, you bet. So I thank you, you and the turkey. Thanks you. 
<laughs> and it's a great yeah, book. They're it's looking a, in the window. And it's a great book yes, as well. It is. No question about it. Go to Amazon or your favorite book place and buy it. It's Billy the Kid and Jesse James, Outlaws of the Legendary West. By I really enjoyed Bill it. Bill Markley. I really enjoyed it, and I recommend it to anybody out there that enjoys the show. You it will, is great. You will not go wrong with it. That's it for this edition. Uh, next time we meet will be Movies Saturday. And we will be talking about Glenn Strange. Yippee. Yeah, oh, boy. Todd Roberts will be with us for that. Thank you so much, and we'll talk at you again. Thank you. ADOs, I So guess. long. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 